0: All right, I'm going to not preach this morning. Let me take another drink. Hope is not lost. If I asked you a question this morning, would you be honest? Have you ever felt Hopeless. Whether, whether you feeling hopeless or maybe a, a situation or a circumstance in your life that felt hopeless. I mean, you, you, have, you have tried, you have done, you have went through your, your journal and you have dotted every I and you have crossed every T, but yet for some reason... All still seems hopeless to the, to the, to the degree that you want to quit, that you want to give up. Have you ever wanted to give up in a marriage? <laughs> Woo, hello. <laughs> she, I was talking about her. I never wanted to give up. She did. Ever wanted to give up on a matter at work? Just any relationship, whether, whether it be a friendship or fiancé, just ever got to the point to where no matter what you've done and no matter what you do, all hope seems lost. Can you imagine what Israel must have sensed? Because here, here we are in, in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, and, and we talk about this, this branch that will grow from a stump see that it really if we just look at that and we don't understand where israel is at this time when isaiah begins to bring this prophetic word about and he begins to talk to israel he wasn't just isaiah just wasn't speaking into bethlehem he just wasn't talking about the coming Christ, although that he was foreshadowing and, and alluding to that, talking about that, that sprout, the, the, the sprout of David. The, he, he knew that the Christ would come, and he was giving this word at this time, but knowing where Israel was at this moment. See, Israel, some hundred years prior to this, David had gotten the word that there would never be any, any want or any lack of someone actually sitting on the throne in Israel. That there would always be somebody sitting on the throne in Israel. I mean, this was, given, this was a word given by God to the Israelites. Boy, don't you know that they walked around with their heads held high, their shoulders thrown back. They were invincible. And now we find Israel in a state where not only were things looking bleak, but northern part of Israel, here they are. They've, they've been divided up. They, they've been put into exile. Judah, where where we find Isaiah writing this from, they they are under attack by the Assyrians. And not just under attack, most most uh, historians, they look at this as the actual, the first holocaust of the Jewish people. Because they were being annihilated. Not just people coming against, they were being annihilated. Now this is the same group of people that God had already sent word. And here they, they're divided Everything around them seems to be crumbling. Have you ever been there? May you just know that you know that God gave you a word. That every little thing, he put it in a song, didn't he? Every little thing gonna be all right. See, you know where I'm coming from. But yet, even knowing that every little thing's gonna be all right. Here we stand. One thing after another, falling and crumbling right before their very eyes. It's just going away. I would think that we all have been in this place before in our own life. Take just a minute and and think about these, these moments where you had high expectations. You knew that you knew that you married the right one baby. And then you laugh. Because then you start to think, did I really marry the right one? Man, you had high expectations. Everything with my knight in shining armor. And the next thing you know, they're leaving the clothes all over the floor. Dirty dishes in the sink. Be careful what you amen. Coming home late without a phone call. Being just a little grumpy. Trying to rule a house under high stress. May you married the right one. You'll expectate- and then all of this. I wonder how many of you have set, have caught yourself either sitting in a chair or at the kitchen table, head in hands, going, "God, why me? What did I do? This wasn't supposed to be like this." This. I just knew that once I got married, everything. Everything would be okay. You know, Jesus came and Jesus brought something to us in John 16, And he said that in this life, you'll, you'll have tribulations. You'll, you'll have trials. But then he goes on to say, he said, but, but fear not. Fear not. He said, I've overcome it. And he said, just be of good cheer. Would you do that? I I know that things in life may not look like you expect them to look, but be of good cheer. I've taken care of it. But a lot of us, we will find ourselves in places where we feel that all hope is gone and nothing is left to hold on to, and we have a sense of emptiness that begins to corral inside. Even though we're walking with our spouse, even though we have a job, even though our business is whatever, we still have an emptiness. Man, you're walking holding hands with your your husband and your wife and you're feeling empty. Oh, you're you're going to church and you're feeling empty. Have you ever? sat in church and felt empty? See, we would take that emptiness and we'll begin to gauge the presence of God on our emptiness. We'll, we'll We'll begin to doubt now that God's even working in our life because we have such an emptiness. I wonder how many of you sat here this morning and you feel empty. There's a void. There's a lack of hope. There's no encouragement whatsoever. It's just blasé. Life. Oh, you're living, are you? <laughs> but you're living empty. You wake up in the morning and you just, we can almost, if, if, if there is a word, zombified. Is there, is there a word zombified? I'm, I'm looking back here for like, okay, well I have one just look at me and say no. Can I use it? She said, I can use it. We can walk around in life being zombified. We, we going through the motion. We're going to work. We're getting dressed. We're feeding the kids. We're, we're doing whatever we got to do. And we get through the day and we sit down. I'm starting to get used to my recliner again. and I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But you sit down and you take a deep breath. And you got through that day and we go to bed with no expectation of tomorrow being any better than today. Have you ever been have you ever been there? I wonder if we've, have we lost our expectation of who God is and what God brings in our life? See, what I want to try to talk to you about this morning is not that the emptiness in your life is the absence of God working. Perhaps, y'all know I love to do this to you. Because everybody goes, well, God wouldn't put that on me because that's bad. God don't bring, be careful. Maybe this emptiness that we have inside is God's sure way of working in your life to show you yourself. Well, God's got a way, man, to make you face you, don't he? There are just some times that God can clean the closet and the only thing left standing there, Michelle, is you and you're beside yourself. And we have to come to a realization then. What is it that we are lacking? See, it's not that God's presence isn't with you. It's not that God's not working in your life. It's not that God doesn't bring hope to you. Right now, he is saying hey, what I want to reveal to you is this faulty foundation that you're building your life on. Because see, so many of us, man, we've gone and we've chased dreams and goals. We have this idea in our mind what our perfect me is. And we go after it. And every time we go after it, it just seems dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end. And then you begin to say, well, God must not love me. And the whole time God's trying to say, what you're chasing isn't my will for you. He told Jeremiah, I know the plans I have. Boy, if we would follow, I wish... How easy would this be if God actually, when you were birthed, that he mailed your mom and dad a blueprint, Miss Linda, of your life. On this day, you're going to marry Charlie. All that stuff works out so perfect. Puts all the blueprint out for your life. And we know step by step, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. We know how God's plan for us works us. And man, wouldn't that be an easy life? Wouldn't it? I mean, you Isn't that what he done? He give us a blueprint. You know, my mom told me one day, she said, son, you have to, you have to forgive me. They didn't give me a manual on how to raise a child. And I said, oh, contraire, mother. Contraire. They did. Here's the problem, mom. You have the rebellious side of your children that don't listen. Like uh, you know. <laughs> hard-headed people. Hard-headed people. <laughs> but he he give a manual for our children. And we ought to take and teach but everything in life we chase and everything in life we try to build on in our own lives based on our desire leads us to an emptiness the only fulfillment you're going to find in life is that is that one of which you you're fulfilling the will of God in your life that's when you have fulfillment well pastor does that mean I'm not I'm not You still have dreams, you still have goals, you still have schedules, you you, you still have these things. See, we're still to live. But what are we living for? See, most of our ambitions and most of our goals and our dreams are all set for us. Come on, boy. I know when I'm on the right thing. God's doing a work. And if we will allow him to continue his work in us, I promise you that all hope is not lost. He told Israel there's going to be a branch to, to grow from a stump. Of a tree that's been cut down. He told them. I believe he's speaking to us today. Even through that. Where you feel. That everything in your life. Has been cut down. God's just saying. There's something new coming. There's a new day. In the horizon. But we've got to trust him. Him. We have to believe in him. Even though Israel went through all of this stuff. There was still a hope. That it would all come back together. Look at what's happened. It's all come back together for Israel. It's the same thing for you and I. Everything that we lack, everything that we're missing, that we believe should be ours is going to lead to disappointment because we're going to search for that for me. See, you can't have old school preaching, the Ten Commandments, can have any other gods before him. But what what's happening when we put us before him? We become our own god. We begin we begin serving and worshipping things in our life that he's not ever set up for us. And we become disappointed. Listen, the Christian faith is failing. You better start looking. And it's because that we're being taught of all these grand, magnificent things that are supposed to take place in our life. And if they aren't, well, you must not have faith. Well, if you're having issues in your marriage, then it must be you. Something's wrong. We've we've stopped preaching about the hope of God in our life, the hope of Christ, the hope of glory. We've stopped preaching about that. And everybody right now, they come to church, they expect their life to change immediately, and their life is supposed to change to fulfill their desire. In most cases, when you give your life to Christ, Everything that you've ever wished and hoped and dreamed for goes to the back burner because he said that you should die daily and we refuse to die. We have to live. Why can't Galatians 2.20? It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. So I wonder how many of us struggle with this daily on, on, this, on this fear of, of hope being lost. I wonder how many of you sitting in here even right now that have given up. You've thrown the towel in. You've, you've prayed for it. You've walked about it. You've talked about it. You've had counseling about it. You've done all of it. And nothing. Have you given up? Have you thrown in the towel? Do you feel that hope is gone? See, I come to tell you this morning, hope is not lost. See, hope hope is still there because look at what took place. Isaiah, the foreshadowing of Christ. Don't you know that when you've seen the man Christ on the cross and he died before all these people, don't you know that even the ones following him lost hope? Yes, they did. They were finding disciples locked into houses. They gone away. They uh-uh you got you got them denying. Him. You got them going back to their own to the, to their own professions. I mean, they wrapped it up and said, "Oh, well, missed that one. Let's go fishing." Come on, that's what that is what happened. All because it didn't turn out the way they expected it to turn out. Their expectation But aren't you glad that a branch will grow from a stump of a tree that had been cut down? Because out of the grave, he grew. See, it's, it was when he came back to life, that we have to look at that when we're looking at our life and our circumstance. Because if he was the conqueror of death, hell, and the grave, he's the conqueror in our life, in our feeling and our emotions of lost hope. He is still available. He is still that one that we lean into. No matter what goes on, yours and my relationship with Jesus Christ should be as stable as, as the day is long sometime right <laughs> you can we got it sometimes the days are just long aren't they yeah. one thing for sure you wake up in the morning the day's going to be long just think about what he done for us what he brings to us in in our life what he what he brings to the table What does he offer you? Is a peace? Is a joy? Why are we not surrounding ourselves with this? Why, why are we always looking on the, the downtrodden side of life? Yes, it's hard. And I'm not standing up here this morning preaching at you. I'm trying to teach us. Because there's days, Miss Pat, I feel like throwing in the towel. Because I'm tired. I don't want to do it no more, Charlie. I done had enough, David. Everything, everything that I'm touching is going south, sideways, sideways. Or turning around. Everything that's going on right now. Is not going. The way that I was told it was going to go. And I'm finished. And then I have to remind myself. It didn't go. As Christ planned it either. I'm sure. Matter of fact. I know that for sure. Because when he was in the garden. He said please God. God. Father, if there's any other way that this can take place, please let it take place. But he found it in himself to say, you know what? This ain't about me, God. It's about you. So, not my will, but yours. Whatever you have in store for me, I trust you. So, before you start counting, all the emptiness in your life as a sign that God's not working in your life? Think again. Because that's not how it's happening. Hmm. I told you I wasn't going to be before you long this morning. There's limitations to the things that we feel are a guarantee. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever thought that this is this is one thing for sure? I mean, this is certain. We we put guarantees on some things in our life that we just um, the, the the one that hits my head. We'll, we'll wake up in the morning and we'll do it tomorrow. We, that's, that's just a guarantee. Can I tell you there's limitations? Number one, you may not wake up tomorrow. Number two, you, you might be sick tomorrow, BJ. And you can't get done tomorrow what you need to get done. We Listen. We may have a stroke and not be able to talk. We may not be able to ask someone for forgiveness tomorrow. Come on, church. I'm trying to help us. You have limitations on what you consider guarantees. There's only one thing in this world that there's no limitations on. And that one is God. He's the one that operates with no limitations. He doesn't have boundaries unless we set them for him. He personally doesn't have them. You have them. You say, okay, God, you can deal with this part of my life, but stay out of this one. <laughs> well, any of you got him blocked off in an area? Be honest with yourself. Just be honest with yourself. Do you have him blocked off in an area? You say, God, you can run, you can run the whole household, but this little, this portion, this, this corner in the in the kitchen. Stay out of that one. I've got things, Charlie, I've got things set up exactly. Come on up. Oh, boy. I've got things exactly how I want them. Y'all ever been to somebody's house that was just particular over the top? I mean, I ain't going to mention any names, Lisa, but there's some people that... Charlie, it... Look, I know you're meticulous too. I bet you your toolboxes, I bet you I can go and open up your toolbox drawer and they all the wrenches, all the box wrenches are going to be sized in line. Look, and he just went like that. Some things you just tell about a person. All the sockets are nice and neat. You, you go look for my, I'm going to hand you a Maxwell House coffee can and say, that socket's in here somewhere, Charlie. And you think I'm lying. I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you. Now, I do have some that's set in a place that I keep, but I've got a coffee can t- full of sockets. If I can't find it here, it's probably going to be in that. God, you can work on God, you can work on everything else. Just don't work on my pride. God, you you, you can you can fix my emotions. Just just don't deal with my ego. Just Man, we set boundaries up for him and we won't let him in. And he's going, Michelle, I've got the answer. If you'll let me come in, I promise you, the way that you've got your kitchen set up, I promise you let me in there, let me in there for one day, and when you come back, you're going to go, <gasps> I never knew it could have been that way. Have you all ever watched some of these people, with, their minds are just creative, and just, we was actually watching something last night, and it was, they were building these tiny houses. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm watching, and the guy takes a, of a barrel, a bourbon barrel, and breaks the bourbon barrel apart. Out of the bourbon barrel, he makes three stools and a table and a lamp, and they're all in one item. I'm going, mine, mine was blown. Now, it's a tiny house, remind you, so everything's got to be, it's got to have its space, right? Well, he takes this trundle bed. I'm going somewhere. I didn't sidetrack. Just hang on. He takes this trundle bed. He makes this trundle bed. Y'all know the trundle bed? And he, it kind of sits up in the wall. And on the outside of it, he's got some bolts. And on those bolts, he threads the seats for the stool in there. And he threads the tabletop in there so when they're not eating and they want to sleep they just pull the bed but if they want to eat they put the bed up and they take out the table and they put the table down they have a dining room it was the craziest thing you ever seen charlie there was this i don't know how to picture it you know how the barrel well the barrels are like this anyway right so he's got these legs down here and inside the legs was the stand for the table, which you would have to take out and put on this away and spin it down to set on top of that. And then each one of these actually come off, sorry, there were, there were four that stacked on top of each other for the chairs. So you unstack the chairs and the center portion of it was the actual um, housing, basically, for the table. It would hold the table top. It was a lamp. So when you put it back down, you could plug it in and the lamp would come on. It was just stupid. And I'm going, but could you imagine? See, the things that you and I think, and they had this, oh, man, I knew I was going to forget it. I knew I was going to forget the word. It's like a trim, trimming down day, or he called it something else. But it was a day that he came to their house that they were living in. They were living in a 1,600-square-foot house and moved into a 360-square-foot house. He came to the house and he said, okay, go and grab five items that you have to take. So they went and they grabbed five items that they had to take. And then they played a game and he would let them pick a few more. And if they got some questions wrong, then he would take one back. So there was that chance of him taking something. that you matter of fact, he took something back that was very special to her. Are y'all okay with this? I'm just, I'm going to take you somewhere with it. But there was one item that he took back from her that was something that her grandmother had like 50 years ago, and they were just some beer glasses or something, and that meant a lot to her because her grandmother raised her, and she said, every time I look at it, it, well, he takes them, right? He he took them, and then she told him that, and that Then he went, oh. (laughs) So he felt like a heel. So he's going, how in the world are we going to make this fit? So he had to go to his carpenter. And his carpenter said, we got the perfect thing. We'll just make this thing. And you can set the glasses down. They can be displayed. But they'll be like this. Instead of all across that, they'll be sitting in one spot. So they did a really good job with that. And they took care of it. And they brought it in. Anyway, this is what I'm telling you. What if God come to you and says, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to take five things that's a must in your life what would be the five things that you would take these are five things that you cannot do without every day and you're going to have to give those five things up or you're going to have these are the only five things that you can take now you've got to go through your life and prioritize what I can't live without Now this is God asking you now, listen to me, this is God asking you, okay? And he asked you that question, what are five things you can't do without? What would those five things be in your life? I wonder how many of you would choose, well, I've got to have my car. I have to have heat. I've got to have a blanket, I've got to... What are, what are your five and you just think about that this week. What are, what are the five things that you couldn't do without? You've gotta have. And remember, you're talking to God. I wonder how much stuff would you be leaving behind? That you're saying that you could do without. But because we're not under pressure. We're not willing to do without. Are you, are you tracking? Some of the things that you think are a necessity in your life is just extra baggage. And you're going to need to get rid of it. If you're trying, listen. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I love how he works this in my head. As big as heaven is, there's not enough room for everything of yours. I'm just saying, right? You just... But, Pastor, heaven's huge. It's got to be. You know. Yep, and it don't have room for all of your stuff. I wonder why. Because God's filling it up. Man, if we could learn to organize our life to fit in the area that God has for us, just look at it in the church, in the church itself. If we could learn to put our ego and our pride and our arrogance, if we could learn to put all that stuff away so that we could fit into what God has for us for the church. I wonder how organized the church could be without turmoil. Without separation, without heartache, without betrayal, without hurt. But see, we, we got to bring all of our stuff too. Well, that's not the way I would do it. Maybe God didn't ask you. We don't like hearing that either. Pastor, God don't tell me, oh, oh yes, he will. He's told me on occasion, give my job back to me. Because I was trying to do his job. And he said give it back to me. You suck at it. Look that's. I'm just telling. Sometimes he'll, he'll say something that will sting. And I'm going well what do you want me to do now? He said stand right here. And don't you come off. And I've seen one of the biggest altar ministries I've been involved in. Now I'm not talking about the, the grandness of it. I'm just talking about how it was happening and what was going on. I watched the Holy Spirit touch lives in ways that I've not seen when the minister and everybody else was laying hands on hundreds of people. And he said, don't you come off there. You cannot touch them. He said, what I'm fixing tonight, you can't touch And I said, yes, sir. Oh, I wanted to get in it. Dawn, I wanted to be right in the middle of it. And I couldn't. Sometimes God's going to ask you to leave some of you behind. Are we willing to do that? What's this got to do with hope not being lost? It's got everything to do with hope not being lost. Because the more you hope in, in fulfilling your agendas, the less likeliness is that God's going to be involved. Don't go and just do something and then ask God to bless it. Why don't you ask God what he's already blessed and then go do it? Less headaches. Less headaches. With him, all things are possible. With him, there is life after death. With him, there are new beginnings. With him, there is a hope. Don't give up on circumstance and situations. Just reevaluate. Restructure your home. And what I mean by your home is you prioritize your stuff. Where, where is God on your list? And I, I don't, I'm not trying to be religious on you that you can't go and do anything and you can't have any high hopes of something. And you can't. I'm not, I've got dreams and goals too. But I'm just starting to learn that sometimes my dreams and goals aren't what he thought up for me. It's what I thought up for me. And because they don't succeed doesn't mean that he's not God. And I've got to give way to it. Even as successful as you can be in some areas because of the talent that you were given. Y'all do know that y'all have special talents that you were given. And if you applied those talents to life, I promise you, you will succeed. Now, does that mean that God wants you to succeed so much so that he becomes the back burner? No. He wants to be glorified even more in that success. But you've got to be able to separate the two. So you can go and be successful without God. Uh-oh, that burned some religious people. Don't, I'm... Look, I know all kinds of sinners that are successful. They're doing it without God in their life. But what profits a man to gain the world and lose his soul? See, I look at the success that some of them go, well, what if they would turn their life over? I wonder how much more successful. Boy, they would be a ball-wrecking crew in the kingdom. So you can be successful with your talents without God. But you better keep God first. There can be some problems. And in the end, they're very detrimental. Whatever you've got in life right now that's causing you to think there is no hope, I need you to think different. Remember this branch. Remember the branch. And if I can remember when I go home, I'll take a picture of it. Because it can happen. And that branch is going to sprout because of the roots that the stump has. It found a source of life, and it's going to hold on to it. I wonder how many trees have regrown out of that scenario right there that we don't know of, that we're not aware of. I wonder how many trees have been cut down in the forest and everybody just left them alone and you go back 30, 40 years and there's a tree there and you never even knew that it was ever cut down. I wonder if that's ever happened. Might look like a deformed tree maybe or something, you know. God's got to correct us in life, so, you know, Right. <laughs> But I I think God would want us to know that no matter what we face and no matter where we go, man, we're going to face stuff. And it's going to be hard to come out of it sometime. But we cannot walk thinking that all hope is lost. Because it's not. He promised us it's not. Yes, listen, I mean, we've all had these things, these... I think of having babies. I think of the marriage. I think of the business. I think of, I think of all these things that people just, oh. And little do we know what they're going to have to go through the rest of their life. We cuddle that cute little baby not knowing 14 months later she's going to have to be stuck with needles and in the ICU for 14 days. But the high expectation of that baby it's just going to be so wonderful. Sometimes you, you scratch your head. And you say I quit. <laughs> I give up. But then you have to be reminded in prayer. All oh, hope's not lost. I'm done with you. I'm, I'm finished. That's, that's all I have. But I needed a lot of this this morning. Because I need to know. But no matter what I see out here. I can't believe everything I see out here. I've got to walk based on what I know. And that means trusting God with everything I have. No matter the outcome. Are you prepared to do that? No matter the outcome of whatever it is that you're fighting. No matter the outcome. You still believe God's word.